0: The Beatles are a pretty nice band And we've got a lot to say The Beatles are a pretty nice band Talk about them day after day But we also love the outfield a lot So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band Someday we'll judge if they're fine Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine
1: Only a song Wow, I can't wait to hear some Southern Ch- Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is as meta as it gets. Uh, typically for me, I really like meta-ness in my art. Uh, Breakfast of Champions is my favorite book. Unless it overwhelms the story, like the movie conducted in New York, uh, Charlie Kaufman joint, that was annoying. Um, I would say a Leonorford song leads towards the latter, I get that it's clever. Clever's cool. I'm smart. I get. I get clever. You know, I'm not that stupid. Uh, it's just that this is sardonic, bitter George coming out again. And I thought we got rid of that guy. Um, it's so funny to me that he put the song into consideration for Sergeant Pepper.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess even the Lonely Hearts Club Band was trying to get out of their publishing contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, I like I like meta songs, too, or rather, you know, like songs that talk about the band or you're standing within the musical community. Like, I don't know, like LCD Sound Systems, You Wanted a Hit comes to mind immediately. But baby, we don't do hits. Uh, you know, one of my all time favorite bands, Sloan, does this a lot. Uh, nice work, if you can get it from their record last year, Fading into Obscurity look up sloan if you don't listen to sloan already uh musically i think it's a really interesting experience to listen to it's kind of like half blue jay way and half tomorrow never knows for me mm-hmm. uh for that reason like i really wish it was on pepper because mm. i think it would have made it a better album in my humble opinion <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> which i'm sure no one would agree with me uh but well, lyrically though no no some people agree with you I think you could subtract a lot of songs off Pepper and make it a better record by putting another George yeah. song like this on.
1: Yeah. And like t- George tried to say like, Oh, it's about where we grew up. And that was part of the Sgt. Pepper concept loosely. Right. But you know, I, I just think it's more obviously him being bitter about his recording contract, but please. Continue.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm like lyrically as I think you've kind of alluded to, it's like not super impressive of a song. I think Mm -hmm. John has done the meta thing a lot better when it comes to the Beatle context. And I like that George is trying, but it's just not, it just doesn't exactly work and it's bitter.
1: And, um, the thing is though, uh, like, this way we're going to encounter songs that were recorded before the White Album and maybe, yep. in some cases, before they left for India yep. and, like, right after Sgt. Pepper. Um, so, technically, George's... Mm-hmm. was before John's Glass Onion. So, maybe George influenced John. Fair point, yeah. Yes. So, we'll give George credit there. He opened the meta door, so to speak.
0: Did he start Threads? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh oh, topical boy.
1: jokes are you on Thread yet
0: i am on threads yes you are,
1: are you? okay uh, i'm more of a blue sky man personally uh oh okay yeah i, I, did, do you, I if I, uh, I i have five, i i'm going to get invite codes tomorrow i believe it, it takes a week so if you want one i could hook you up sweet i
0: yeah. i haven't joined any other uh twitter um it's
1: only those two really
0: yeah that's well, been read a while yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you seem you seem as tired as I am with all these social media accounts
0: Cause who c- it's like whatever, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know like
1: i I feel yeah the for each social media platform I join it's like, why am I doing it? <laughs> like, um so okay, all the are the Beatles, we're talking about the Beatles. Uh, The song's lyrics, although lighthearted, continue Harrison's established themes of introspection and slight misanthropy. That's the word. The title was a pun on the Beatles' hometown, and a company which published their songs. Warven Songs was founded in 1963 by the Beatles, their manager Brian Epstein, and music publisher Dick James to publish John and Paul's songs. Harrison and Ringo Starr were essentially writers for hire until their contracts expired in 1968. Now, originally, George Harrison said in anthology that the Only saw Song was a joke related to Liverpool, the holy city in the north of England. In addition, the song was copyrighted in Northern Songs Limited, which I don't own, so it doesn't really matter what chords I play, as it's only a Northern Song. Uh, during 1966, Harrison became become disenchanted with being a Beatle and contributed relatively little to Sgt. Pepper. Only a Northern Song, while conceived as a joke, also served as a complaint against the dominance of the lennon mccartney partnership and a few songs he was allowed to record each year
0: that year harrison because you might say that his songs were a dark horse on some of these records
1: during 1966 harrison becomes disenchanted with being a beetle oh i said this already oh no uh,
0: I, I threw you off with my uh, my dumb joke. God damn it well you can just you know start fresh Okay, so George Harrison in
1: Billboard magazine in 1999, he was more, he, he dropped the uh, the whole story about how it was about uh, Liverpool. He goes, I realized Dick James had conned me out of the copyrights for my own songs by offering to become my publisher. As an 18 or 19-year-old kid, I thought, great, somebody's going to publish my songs. But he never said, and incidentally, when you signed this document here, you're assigning me the ownership of the songs, which is what it is. It was just a blatant theft. By the time I realized what had happened, when they were going public and making all this money out of this catalog, I wrote only an song as what we call a piss take, just to have a joke about it.
0: (sighs) Publishing contracts, a tale as old as time. And there are plenty of
1: examples of songs about publishing contracts, I'm sure. Uh, Uh,
0: Yes. Uh, I Love My Label by Nick Lowe. There's another (laughs) one that comes to mind.
1: Love song by Sarah Barris Ellis. I, I can never remember how to pronounce it. Uh, Sarah uh, Bareilles. Wrote, yeah, she wrote Love Song. Uh, love Song. I'm not going to write you a love song to her label. I didn't know uh, that. Interesting. Yes, it was. Yeah, and it's like her big hit. So the label was right. Anyway. Ollie Norbert's son didn't make the grade for Sergeant Pepper, obviously. So it was held over for an unspecified future release. And what do you know? When a yellow submarine film needed songs for their soundtrack, they're like, "Oh yeah, let's put it there." Uh, Paul McCartney said that he pl- uh, he played a silly trumpet on this song. He said, "My dad used to play. I can't, but I can mess around a lot." And that song gave me the perfect framework. It was very tongue in cheek. That's you know proving George Harrison's point when he said they never took it seriously, like their own songs. Like their own songs. Yeah. The song became one of the Beatles' most psychedelic recordings, featuring a host of unusual instruments, including timpani, glockenspiel, and chimes, and a phasing effect caused partly by the mixing together of two versions of the same rhythm track. For the verse's opening A major chord, the melody moves to a 2 minor voicing, rendered as B minor 711 for the inclusion of a low register E note. In his lyrics, Harrison acknowledges the apparent awkwardness of such a change, singing, you may think the chords are going wrong, and in the final verse, that the harmony might be a little dark and out of key. Musicologist Alan Pollack considers the soft music and lyrical message to be uncannily in tune with one another, and that this effect is accentuated by surprising and irregular phrase lengths in the verses. Author Ian Inglis interprets, the line, it doesn't really matter what chords I play, as mirroring the singer's complaint to Beatles biographer Hunter Davies in the late 1960s regarding the futility of the band's live performances when their screaming fans never listened to the music the Beatles were playing. <laughs> yeah. They're busy screaming. Yes. Harrison biographer Simon Link describes Olean Robertson as the first example of its composer pushing back at the Beatles as an organization he found wanting. Oh, he never saw plays over a scene when the Yellow Submarine travels through the Sea of Science during the Beatles' quest to free Science! Pepperland and he prisons Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band from the music Blue Meanies. So, Andrew, have you ever seen Yellow Submarine?
0: I have not. I have, hmm. s- have not seen this? No.
1: I saw it a long time ago. How long ago? I distinctly remember downloading it illegally over uh, Kaza with wow. kaza. Yeah.
0: yes <laughs> i didn't realize yeah. they had videos
1: yeah um i guess later stages, kaza
0: yeah i i only use it for like music stuff so that's interesting okay mm-hmm. well it's file unfortunately sharing,
1: yes so uh our our good friend jeff emrick uh, he has something to say
0: of course he does uh,
1: about Oleodorphin's song because he was still around then uh, engineering, Unfortunately, George songwriting wasn't quite as impressive. His <sighs> first attempt at contributing a song to the Sgt. Pepper album was not the well-known Within You Without You, which ended up opening side two, but a weak track that we all winced at. It was called a Leonorbert song and had a minimal musical content that seemed to go nowhere. What's more, the lyrics seemed to reflect both his creative frustration and his annoyance with the way the pie was being sliced financially. It seemed like such an inappropriate song to be bringing to what was generally a happy, upbeat album. Everyone in the control room shared my opinion. In our private conversations, George Martin simply said, I'm disappointed that George didn't come up with something better, but I knew what he really meant. He was always on his guard because he didn't ever want disparaging comments to be reported back. The other Beatles were clearly underwhelmed too. John was so uninspired in the fact that he decided not to participate in the backing track at all. Uh, it took a few takes. Uh, so still, Paul, Ringo, and George ambled through quite a few takes of the song until it, of the song. It took a of time because nobody could really get into it, not even George himself. I think he was actually a bit embarrassed about the song. His guitar playing had no attitude, and as if he didn't care. None of the takes they did that night were particularly good. In fact, it took several more hours of work the following evening before they came up with something they, that they felt was even halfway decent. Shortly afterward, an unhappy Paul said, Look, let's knock it on the head for tonight. The and they ended the session early. There was no more mention of resuming work on the song until after the mixes of Pepper were done, and they were looking for material to give to the Yellow Submarine Film Project. It wouldn't surprise me if Jonah Paul had simply told George to go back to the drawing board and come up with something better,
0: which he did. Yeah. Yeah. Highlight of that, of that record.
1: <laughs> well, yes, according to you. Uh, I, I, I gave it a, a yeah uh, But you know I, have a f- I would say It's
0: not my favorite song on the record But it's it's a highlight of it So yeah Jeff Didn't like George <laughs> No
1: he, You know he Paul was his favorite It Seems
0: Pretty like cool. Paul's the only one he likes Ringo can't yeah. sing jo- John's an asshole George <laughs> Is I don't uh, Morose you know, Morose Mean I don't know Yeah mean,
1: Standoffish a stereo version of Only Norvind's Song wasn't made available until 1999 when Apple released the Yellow Submarine soundtrack collection. What a happy day that was. <laughs> right for Billboard in 2001, Bill Holland grouped Only Song with the birds is So You Wanna Be a Rock and Roll Star. Yes. And early 1970s releases by the Kinks and Joni Mitchell as songs that constitute the first wave of musical statements in which artists accuse or indict their industry's business policies.
0: There's a lot of Joni songs about that. <laughs> mm.
1: Oh, I'm sure she was treated just fine as a woman. Free 1970s. Man in
0: Paris as immediately comes to mind. It's about David Coinciding Geffen, with basically.
1: <laughs> Coinciding with the popularity of It's All Too Much among acid rock bands of the early 1990s, Sundial released a cover of Only an Orphan song as the B-side of their 1991 single Fireball. In 2009, Greg Davis and jazz singer-songwriter Chris Weissman named their psychedelic folk partnership Norward songs after the Beatles track. That's not... they missed the point. The pair's 2010 album Norward songs similarly honored the song and included a cover version of It's All Too Much, which we will get to soon. When Mojo released the CD Yellow submarine resurfaces in July 2012, only a Norbert song was covered by Gravenhurst. Yonder Mountain String Band included the song in their live performances during 2013 and 2015 but what about fish nothing about did fish oh. I, I looked on Spotify and apparently they did not I'm sure though mm-hmm. no, they did and it's on sub bootleg and everyone's gonna write in now <laughs> like how dare There's you a lot, of,
0: a lot of fish fans listen to us it seems sounds fishy
1: love count zero no love here Josie Scales, is this song better than your love buddy Outfield? I say, nay, this is a Josie.
0: I agree, it's a Josie for me as well. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the Outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine.